enough of that. I'm ready to jump in. I don't know about you are if you are, but but uh, as I was kind of praying about what to share today, this idea of, of transition came to my mind. Uh, what is a transition? What does it look like? How do you get through them? And and we all go through transitions. And so. As you think about that, everybody who's literally listening to me right now has been through a transition. And I would go as far to say you probably, uh, at least half of you, are in a transition right now. And when I say transitions, there's, there's kind of a, there's twofold. There are, there are transitions in life uh, that are in, inevitable, like they're natural, like a birthday, right? Another year older, like that is, that is kind of a transition that takes place every single year. Uh, sometimes they're a little more extensive than others. I hear when you turn 40, it all goes downhill, but uh, who knows, not there yet. But anyways, there, there's, these, there's these transitions that are just naturally and inevitably going to happen. And then there's other types of transitions that, that we kind of choose, we kind of bring upon ourselves. And I don't say that negatively, but, uh, but like, hey, I'm going to resign from one job and go to uh, a different job, or I'm going to move from one city to another city. So we kind of we create these own transitions in our lives. And so, and so again, everybody in here has been through a transition and many are probably going through one right now. Like the transition, some of you uh, on Tuesday, your kids are about to transition out of your home into the school building. Somebody say glory and uh, all the teachers say boo. But some of you, maybe you just sent your baby boy or baby girl off to college and now you're about to transition into being uh, an empty nest, or maybe you just bought a new home and you're about to transition there. Maybe you just moved to this area and you're transitioning into a new city. Maybe you got a new job or a new promotion, or uh, maybe you just got married. Maybe you just had your first kid. Like the list goes on. There are so many transitions that are built uh, and, and factored into our lives. And some of those are really good, uh, but a lot of those are really hard. They're really challenging. They're really difficult. It doesn't mean that the transition itself, like what you're transitioning into is wrong or negative or bad. It just means that oftentimes as we begin to shift, as we begin to turn the corner, if you will, and to make this transition, that is challenging. It's hard. Change is very difficult. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. I believe that, uh, that this message is going to help somebody. I believe that it's helped me, uh, at least reminded me of some things as I was preparing for it. And I'm excited to share with you. Um, I, I'm, I'm calling this message, the keys to transition, the keys to transition. And so the passages that I read at the very beginning, Joshua chapter one, verses one through nine, we're going to break this down. And there are four keys. There's actually probably another one uh, on the side here or there, maybe even two more, but I'm, I'm going to pull four big ones out. Uh, of this passage that I feel like we can apply to our lives in regards to, to what, it, what is something, what is a key, what is something uh, applicable, what is something I should value or be reminded of or put into practice as I'm transitioning. And I believe that these four keys today will help us have more, uh, I don't want to say successful, I would say, I would say more healthy transitions as we begin to change, as we begin to turn over things in life. And so, we're going to jump in. I want to give you a little bit of context uh, of what I just read and what this looks like, what is happening, and then we're going to dive into, into these four keys. And I love them because they are literally straight from God's Word. I didn't have to come up with any clever points that rhyme or all start with the same letter. We're literally jumping right in head first into this passage. And so, and so Joshua chapter 1, the passage that we read, if we back up just a little bit, and I've shared this story before, but if you don't know it, 
We'll kind of do a brief recap. About 40 years prior, uh, Moses was leading the Israelites out of slavery from Exodus, uh, from Egypt, excuse me. The Exodus is happening there. They're headed to the promised land, this land that God had promised them. And he had chosen Moses to get them out of Egypt and to lead the people. And if you know the story, you know, they get almost there. They send some scouts in, they check it out. They have this bad report, uh, or at least they created it as a bad report. They give all this negative information. They're filled with, filled with fear. They're filled with worry, uh, unfair faithfulness, not trusting God. All of these things literally keep them from going into the promised land. And so they wander around in the wilderness for 40 years and, um, and they're not able to get to the promised land. Thankfully, through that 40 years uh, of wandering around in the wilderness, they were able to learn some things. They were able to mature and grow a little bit in their walk with Christ to regain this trust that, that for whatever reason they had thrown away because God was literally just giving them every reason possible to trust him. Like he was proving his faithfulness over and over and over. But, but anyway, so 40 years has taken place. People are now dying. There's a new generation coming up. And Moses is kind of at the end of his life where he knows his days are numbered and he's about to die. He has just recently kind of appointed uh, the anointed, if you will, Joshua, who was literally chosen by God to take over Moses' place and to lead people into the promised land. So Moses had just kind of handed off the torch, uh, gave uh, gave, uh, Joshua the reins, and then Moses dies And now here Joshua is, and he's about to take off and begin to lead these people into the promised land. And so Joshua chapter one, those nine verses that we read, this is literally the Lord speaking to Joshua. He's he's giving him his charge. He's giving him his reminders in what I would say is one of the biggest and most drastic leadership transitions that is taking place in God's word. Like this is a, this is a massive transition from Joshua doing what he was doing now to being the, the number one leader who is trying to get the Israelites into this promised land after all that they had gone through in the last 40 years. Like it is a massive transition. And so in chapter one, the Lord is literally giving him this charge. And what I see is him reminding him of things, giving him keys, if you will, to focus on and to remember as he's going through this transition. And so that's the backstory. I'm going to give you four keys that, that I'm going to pull out of here, again, straight from God's word. And, uh, and we got a little something to go with each one of them. But, but it's short, sweet, and, and super just, it's literally, it's black and white. I mean, it is so straightforward. I'm not going to teach you anything new, uh, but it is, it is some incredible reminders as we transition in life. All right. So the first one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Remember God's promises. As you're transitioning, as you're going from one thing to the next, whatever season it is, whatever transition it is in life, remember God's promises. And I know I talked about this a little bit last week, but we're going to hit on it again because it's so important. Look, look at verse three uh, in Joshua chapter one. It says, I promise you what I promised Moses. 
So, so the Lord is literally saying, listen, the same thing that I promised Moses is the same thing that I promised you. Now, it doesn't mean that that exact promise is for us, but what it does mean is that when God makes a promise, when God speaks, when he, when he says something that's going to happen, you can take it to the bank that it's going to happen. And so often we go through transitions in life and we literally forget about the promises that God has made for us. As I think about this in life, I think about how so often, let's just, let's just, let's Let's just give you a few scenarios. Maybe you have always believed, or at least part of your life, you have stood on the promise. You have believed the promise, and you have literally thought that God's promise that I'll never leave you, I'll never abandon you, I'll never forsake you. You believe that for your life. You believe that promise is for you. You've stood on that promise, but all of a sudden, you have this transition in life, whatever it may look like, and you find yourself in the deepest, darkest valley of depression that you've ever been in, and you feel isolated, and you feel you feel alone and you feel like nobody cares. And so now this promise that you were standing on, at least thinking that you were believing is no longer valid in your mind anymore because of the transition that has taken place. And you forgot about this promise because of what is happening. Maybe you have believed or or stood on the fact that, that God says, what I have united, let no man separate. And so you get married and things are great and you believe that what God has joined together, no man's going to tear apart. And a couple years goes by and you realize that your wife or your husband, they do some things that you don't like and they annoy you and they aggravate you and you don't even like coming home from your job anymore to go have to deal with hearing this or hearing that. And all of a sudden now your marriage isn't where you want it to be. It's not what you expected it to be. And this promise that you were standing on that let what God put together, let no man separate now because of this transition for whatever has happened in your marriage, you no longer believe that. Or maybe think about this aspect of believing the promise that God will supply and provide and meet the needs of his people. But this transition takes place in life. Maybe you lose your job. Maybe you have some unexpected health care expenses, whatever it may be. And now you're in need. And because of this transition and your focus on it, you're no longer believing this promise. Does, does that make sense? Like, and this is what the Lord is saying to Joshua. He's saying, listen, you're about to go through a massive transition. I just want to remind you, the same thing that I promised Moses is the same thing I'm going to promise you. And I just want to remind you, the same promises that we can read in Scripture today are the same promises that are going to be true when we transition into a new chapter of our life. And as we're transitioning, if we will constantly and consistently remind ourselves that God does not waver, God does not change, and when He says something, you can stand on it. It will help us transition a whole lot smoother. Because so often, man, we, 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 do, we do just what I just said. We transition and everything is going haywire, right? Like, and again, some transitions are great. But those transitions that are hard, like our minds are racing, we're all over the place, and the last thing we're thinking about is something that God has told us about in His Word. We're just trying to survive, like we're just trying to get through to the next day and get through this transition so that we can put, a, put it behind us. But I believe that if we will consistently put the promises of God in front of us. And now, listen, there's a difference between promise and principle. And I don't have time to kind of go into all that today. But just because God spoke something in the word doesn't mean that it's for you in regards to a promise for you. Like God's not necessarily calling you and I to lead a group of people into the promised land. Well, I actually would probably argue that myself. Like Joshua is leading real people into a real place and facing a real enemy. And guess what? 
We are too, right? We're, go- we- we're trying to get, as believers, we're trying to get real people to a real place called heaven. Whenever they leave this earth, then we're facing a real enemy. But anyways, whether or not our specific calling is like Joshua's right here, we can know without question, without doubt, without hesitation, that the promise that God makes, the promises that God makes, you can stand on it and you can bank on it. And so as you're transitioning, remember God's promises. All right. The second thing that I want us to look at comes from verse six. Write this down. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. As you're transitioning, be strong And be courageous. Look at verse six. Be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. And in the first part of verse seven, be strong and very courageous. So he's repeated this. He said it twice in literally one and a half verses. He said, be strong and very courageous. And as I think about that, as a man, uh, naturally, when, when, when here the Lord is literally saying, be strong and courageous, like I want to go to the gym and like lift some weights and cut the sleeves off my shirt, put a bandana on, like eat some lettuce or some spinach. Like, like I'm ready for war, right? Like I'm ready to go to battle. The Lord's telling me, he's commanding me, be strong, courageous. Like I'm ready to rock and roll. But in the same breath, I'm like, look, Lord, you, you want me to do more? <laughs> Like, you want me to be strong and courageous while I'm trying to transition, while I'm trying to figure this out? Like, I'm doing everything I can just to get through this, and now you're telling me to do something else? But that's just it. The Lord doesn't say, Joshua, I want you to go and do strong things. I want you to go and do courageous things. He says, I want you to be And there's a drastic difference between doing and being. And so often we get that backwards. Who you are in the inside is who you're going to be. And Joshua is saying, listen, I mean, the Lord is saying, I'm with you. And as believers, obviously in this time, the Holy Spirit had not come upon the earth or come into the lives of people yet. But, But as believers right now, if you are a believer, you have the living God inside of you. That's who I get to be. I get to be led and guided by that. And so I don't have to do something. I just have to be something, which means the strength and the courage and the boldness that I need through a transition doesn't come from Brian. It comes from the Holy Spirit living inside of me. And so as you're transitioning, know that you have the strength that you need. You have the boldness that you need. You have the courage that you need if you will allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you and to help you. And so often when we go through transitions, again, we're, we're going everywhere. We're all over the place. We're running ragged. I don't know about you, at least for me. And you go through this, this transition and you're exhausted. And you're like, you want me to have more strength? You want me to have more boldness? I'm literally barely making it from, from sunrise to sundown, like keeping my household together, right? They say, no, no, no. I just want you to be strong. I want you to be courageous, not by your own might, not by your own works, but what I can do and will do through you if you will allow me. And so so keep that in mind as you're transitioning to be strong and to be courageous and to go back and to remember the promises. And and the crazy thing is, I guess it's not crazy because the Lord is speaking all at once, but all of these build upon each other. It helps me to be strong and be courageous and be led by the Spirit of God and to, to, to allow His power to come out when I can consistently remember the promises. 
when I can consistently remember that, that the things that he promised, he will not turn his back on. And then and I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, like do your work. Here we go. Let's go. Wherever we're going, whatever I need to do through this transition of life, whatever I need to, however I need to respond, whatever it may be. Like I know that God has spoken and his word does not return void. And so therefore lead me, Holy Spirit, and help me to be strong and courageous. And so as we're transitioning, we're going to remember God's promises. We're going to be strong and courageous. The third thing comes in the second part of verse seven through verse number eight. It says, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. So the third thing, if you're writing it down, is stay in God's word. I literally feel like I say this every single week, and maybe I do, and maybe it's for good reason, but stay in God's word. Like, I want to point out a few things here as we read this. So so there's two different things that the Lord is, is literally giving Moses. He's saying, hey, I want you to, to follow and obey the instructions Moses gave you, and then I want you to study this book of instruction. So quite frankly, they're a little bit different, but a lot alike at the same time. So, so the Lord spoke. He, he gave Moses commands. He gave Moses instructions. He's guiding Moses. He's done that through the last 40 years. He's telling Moses, hey, I want you to tell your people X, Y, and Z. And so he's speaking to Moses. And now he's telling Joshua, everything that Moses told you before he died were the instructions that I spoke to him. And so I want you to carry it out. And then the next one is the book of instruction. Most scholars literally believe that this was the book of Deuteronomy or at least parts of it. And so it's, it's God's word, which is inspired by him, right? Like this is God speaking on paper. And so in both, both sets, it's literally God's word. It's God speaking, whether it was through Moses or whether it was through other people in the Bible. And so he's saying, listen, I want you to focus and study and stay there. Like that is the important thing. And, and so the two things that I want to point out, the first one is the word then, all right? Then it says this, it says uh, in verse number, number seven, it says, uh, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Then he goes on, study this book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then Will you prosper and succeed at all you do? And so he's saying, listen, if you do this, here's the product, if you will. If you do this, then here's the solution or here's the byproduct. Like if you will study God's word, the book of instruction, and if you will focus and listen and obey to the instructions that I gave Moses, if you'll do that, then you'll get this. And what he says is, this is success and prosperity. Now, listen, I'm not saying, because some of you are like, well, bro, I read my Bible for an hour one night and went to work the next day and everything I touched fell apart. There wasn't nothing successful about it, right? Like, he's not talking about success and prosperity in the eyes of, of the world or in the eyes of a human being. He's saying, listen, if you will follow my word, if you will stay in my word, if you will study my, 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 my instruction, then you will be successful, not in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes of me. And I don't know about you, but I would much rather be seen as successful from my heavenly father than by 
any worldly standard. And let me tell you something, it's drastically different. The standard or the measurement of success that the world uses is far, far different than the world or than the standard or the measurement that God uses. And, and God is saying, if you will study my word, if you will, if you will stay in it, if you will obey it, if you will follow it, then you will be successful. And, and so the second thing that I, that I want to show you is, is the word meditate. And Pastor Jay talked about this last week, like how, how we, we see this word or we hear this word and we think about literally somebody sitting crisscross applesauce with their hands out and their eyes closed and humming, right? And, and with other religions, that's exactly what meditation is. It's, it's emptying their mind, okay? But in Christianity, when God tells us to meditate on the word, it's the complete opposite. We're not asked or are told to empty our minds. We are asked to, to fill our minds. And so he's saying, I want you to meditate. I want you to fill your mind with my word so that you don't go to the left or to the right. And as you're transitioning in life and all of these different things are coming after you and all of these changes are happening and everything begins to look different, the environment, the atmosphere, whatever it may be, you stay focused because you're meditating on my word, which keeps you from deviating in life. But as, as we talked several times already, about how chaotic a, a, a transition can be, how exhausting it can be, how unorganized we are, literally just trying to make it from day to day. Sadly, sadly, and I'm guilty as charged, one of the first things to go is our quiet time, is our alone time, is our time where we literally shut everything down so that we can open up this, this, this book of instruction, meditate on it and fill our minds and to fill our hearts with scripture. That's one of the first thing that goes. Why, right? Like, I mean, we could go on and on and on. Like, they're all excuses. And, and I have my own. But this is why I feel like the, this is so important. The Lord is literally telling Joshua this. Joshua, he said, look, bro, you're about to go through a big transition. You're about to do some crazy stuff. You're about to, a lot of things are about to change for you. And here's what he tells him. I want you to study. I want you to meditate. I want you to get still long enough to fill your mind and your heart. Can I just tell you something? You need to do that right now. In this transition that you're in in life, you got to get back to this. But so often the transition happens and we fix our eyes on everything that's going around. How do we get through this? What do we do here? What do I do here? How do I find a new schedule? How do I find a new rhythm? How do I like on and on and on? And yet we neglect coming right here to the thing that's going to keep us on course. And so whenever you're going through a transition, remember the promises of God. Be strong and courageous and stay in God's word. Yet again, you really can't have one without the other. I can't know God's promises if I don't read what he said. I can't find strength and courage if I'm not coming into his presence as I dive into his word, as he's speaking to me from this paper. And so we, we have to have all three of these. And then the fourth one, I believe is equally as important, comes in verse nine, and it's this, be encouraged. As you're transitioning, be encouraged. Verse nine says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. That's the third time he's told Joshua this. Third time. But then check this out. Don't be afraid 
or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Transitions can be discouraging, right? Again, things are different. Things aren't how they were. And we're trying to adjust. We're trying to adapt. And we're trying to figure out, do I go here? Do I go there? How do I do? Like, I mean, on and on and on. Transitions can be so discouraging. But I just want to remind you that as we come into God's Word, we get to be encouraged to know that He's given us promises that will stand today, tomorrow, and forever. To know that as we're going through this transition, we get strength and we get courage and we get boldness from the Holy Spirit who's living inside of us. That's encouraging. And we get encouragement when we can read people that that have gone through similar situations in God's Word and they stayed faithful and they got through it and and they made it through the other side. Like We can find encouragement from that. And so be encouraged. Don't allow yourself to be discouraged through this transition. I remember uh, when Blake was born. Blake is my youngest. He's five years old. And uh, we were living in North Carolina at the time. And um, we went through a a massive transition. Like, I don't know if you have kids. I know a lot of you that are watching do. But when you go from one to two, piece of cake. Two to three, it's a bit of a game changer, right? And so uh, we literally bought a house. Uh, a month before we found out we were pregnant with Blake that was suited for a family of four, not a family of five. And uh, Kristen goes through the pregnancy. We have Blake. And so here we are. We're adjusting from two kids to three. We're in a house that's too small for us. And now Kristen is literally uh, going to basically quit her job to stay at home with the kids. And so financial pressure, like all, there's like literally so many transitions happening at once. It, that's pretty common as well. And so I was working part-time as a nurse. I was working full-time as a youth pastor, and we still needed uh, to make some more money. And so one night we were up early in the morning feeding the baby and scrolling Facebook, and there was a a restaurant on an island uh, where we were living. And so it had a ferry that went back and forth that took people over there, but they were looking for servers. I'd never served in a restaurant in my life, but I'm like, hey, let's go do it and make some more money. And uh, all of that to say, one day... I went to the ferry, uh, the ferry port, and got on the boat and was, was getting ready to head over to the island. And I was discouraged. I was going through this, again, drastic transition in life. I had my head down, I had my shoulders down. I was discouraged. Here I was working 15, 16 hour days trying to provide for my family, trying to get through this transition. And as I got to the ferry port, literally some of the darkest storm clouds that, that I had ever seen in that area uh, began to hover over. And, um, it kind of represented how I was feeling in life. And so I walked on the boat. I'm under these dark clouds, and, and we get ready to start pulling out of the, uh, of the channel there, crossing over uh, the waterway and headed to, to the island where the restaurant was. And, and I, was, I was sitting backwards, and so I'm, I'm going to show you the picture right now on the screen. So I'm sitting backwards in the top picture, and I'm looking back at, at, the, at, the, at the ferry uh, port there, and you can see the dark clouds above it. And as I turned and started walking to the front of the boat, the direction that we were now heading... This picture literally uh, represents, it's like, so I literally turned around, I took one picture one way, and I took another picture another way. And as you can see, the dark, stormy clouds on the top, 
And as you look to the right, you can see very few clouds and a blue sky back in the distance. And God reminded me through that, through that moment. He said, I know you're discouraged through this transition, but can I just remind you, you're going to get through this. You're going to get through this. And I want to remind you that today, if you're discouraged, if you're, if you're in, in that top picture where you're, you're in those storm clouds and you're looking at your life like, man, can it just, you know, when it rains, it pours. Is there anything else that can happen? If you just turn and if you turn the other direction, I promise you blue skies are coming. They might not, might not see them as clearly as I did by just turning in 180 degrees, but this too shall pass. This too shall pass. So be encouraged. Don't allow yourself to be discouraged. And here's why, if you don't hear anything else that I've said today, here's what I love about this. As Joshua is literally making one of the biggest transitions of his life, and as we get ready, and as we go, and as we have gone through transitions in life, the Lord is literally charging Joshua, and he's giving, giving him this, this word of encouragement. He's giving him his charge. And not once, does the Lord ever say anything about other people, anything about the transition itself, or even about Joshua, really? All the things that he says, all of these keys to transitioning, guess what they're about? They're all about him. They're all about God. And if you haven't heard anything else, can I just tell you this? Whenever you're transitioning, turn to your Father. Turn to your Father the promises that come from Him, the strength and the courage that comes from Him, the word that He has given us, where He gets to speak to us and the encouragement that we find in Him and through His word. As we're transitioning, can we just remind ourselves, let's fix our eyes on Him rather than the transition. Church, you will get through this and you will come out stronger than you come. I pray that you're going through a transition right now that is absolutely incredible, and it's one of the best transitions that you've ever experienced in life. But I know that transition is hard, even if it's good, even if it's healthy and positive and you're excited, transition can still be challenging. Can we not be discouraged? Can we not be let down? Can we fix our eyes on the one who can get us through? I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. Maybe you're listening today and, and you are going through that transition. The one that's dark, the one that's, that's heavy, the one that's exhausting, the one that has just got you all out of whack. But you realize that, that you're going through this transition alone. Not alone in people, but alone in spirit. And what I mean by that is, is that you don't know God's promises because you've never, you've never accepted God's promises. You never experienced his strength. You never experienced his courage. You never truly believed what was written in God's word. So you stay discouraged. Can I tell you, there's a man named Jesus who came to this earth to die for you, to pay a price that you couldn't pay. And maybe today, the greatest transition of your life can take place where you come from death and transition into life by accepting Jesus Christ as your savior. And it's really simple. It's understanding that you are a sinner in desperate need of a savior and that savior's name is Jesus Christ and he came to this earth fully God and fully man to die on a cross so that we could get back to our father. And we confess with our mouths that we need him and from this day forward, we will make him the Lord of our lives. 
And so I pray that if that's you, if you feel that tugging in your heart, you feel that, that hot feeling, maybe your palms are sweaty, maybe you're anxious, whatever it is, can you know that that's the Holy Spirit drawing you? He's pulling at your heart, asking you to make the best decision that you can ever make in your life. And I pray that you would do that today. I also pray that you would let somebody know about it. Secondly, without opening your eyes, heads are still bowed. I just want to pray for you if you are going through one of these difficult transitions and encourage you to keep your head up. He sees you. He knows you. He cares about you. And he's got you. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your word. And God, we thank you for transitions. God, you you literally have created the earth to transition. As we transition from season to season. And God, you, you, you've, you've designed these things in our lives. And so there's a, there's a time to plant. There's a time to harvest. And so, God, we thank you for transitions, even when they're hard. But God, I pray. I pray right now for that, that individual or those individuals who are going through those transitions that are just taking them off their feet, that are, that are knocking them down. God, I pray that they, would, that they would understand these keys and they would apply them to their lives to understand that you do not back off of your word and your promises are true forever, that we don't have to do more. All we have to do is be who you've created us to be and allow you to lead our lives so that we can have the strength that only you can provide and the courage that you give and that we can be encouraged by staying in your word, by making time for you on a daily basis to seek your face through your spoken word in the Bible. God, I pray that you would encourage them today. I pray that you would give them a fresh touch of you, a fresh touch of your presence, a fresh touch to say, listen, take a breath. I got you. And God, I pray that we would all receive that today and experience that in a way that we haven't in a while. God, we know that you are the God of all gods, the name above every name, and you are sitting on your throne in full control of what's going on. And when the world seems to be so chaotic and everything's going on around us, transitions are happening all over the place, some we don't even know about, the fear and the worry and the unknown of what's to come. God, we know that we have a God who still is the King. And so God, help us to fix our eyes on you, to focus on you through these transitions in life. Lord, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody says, amen.